This is Disney master artist Kevin John, and when I'm in my studio, I love listening to the Mickey Dudes podcast. And now, from the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, it's the Mickey Dudes Podcast. Here's your master of ceremonies, Wazowski. Hello, humans! Hello, humans, and welcome to another episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. I'm your host, Mickey Dude Dave Koch, joined tonight by my producer extraordinaire, Greg Nevis. I regret nothing, ever. And our rotating Mickey Dude commentators, Tim Sweska. Due to budget cutbacks, it is now Disney's wide world of sport. <laughs> Classic. Jeff Williams. Flash photography? I wouldn't. That alters the homing signal, and that's not good. And Chuck Fitzgerald. Besides, they're tourists. What do they know? Apparently a lot. And our co-host, Pacinetti is currently being evac'd off some ride somewhere in some park. Pat is recovering from his wounds from the Country Bear Fight Club. <laughs> Well, you did rip him to shreds. <laughs> and tonight, we're going to be talking about our favorite magic moments that we either experienced for ourselves or had the privilege of witnessing in the parks. But before that, let's take a WDW head trip. It's time for a Mickey Dude's head trip to WDW. Okay, grab shell, dude. Grab what? Okay, so I'm going to start tonight, and I'm going to take a relaxing ride on a friendship boat. I'm leaving Epcot at the International Gateway, I'm stepping on the friendship boat, and just kind of just enjoying the warm summer breeze as we putt along over Crescent Lake, a stop at the boardwalk, then recrossing over to Beach Club and Yacht Club. A slow ride down, stopping at the Swan and Dolphin, to my final destination, the Hollywood Studios, where I'm rushing in to get a fast pass to the Tower of Terror. Greg, where are you going? Well, Dave, much like you, it involves being at Epcot and hopping on a friendship boat as well, but we're going to head down to Boardwalk and grab some quick food over at, I guess we'll stop at Boardwalk to go and get some deep fried goodness and continue our stroll along the Boardwalk, maybe play a couple of games. After we've enjoyed our food, we'll rent a Surrey bike. We love to rent Surrey bikes. If you've listened in the past, you know, know that we've done that many times and take a ride around the Boardwalk area and turn that in and sit on the benches there and just enjoy the sunset and have a great time watching all the other boats and just uh, do some people watching. I would think that it would be fun to rent the Siri bike with Tim. <laughs> yeah. You would be surprised at my leg strength. Um, if you, uh, you're going to have to keep up. <laughs> That's the thing. I wouldn't even have to pedal. I would just let you do all the work. Oh, so a lot like your love life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and with that, Tim, where are you? I am heading into the International Gateway. going to go ahead and take a quick right. Head through, uh, head through a few countries, over to the American Experience. I'm going to grab myself a good old-fashioned Sam Adams Boston Lager 
You know, sit in them and enjoy the breeze, kick back, just listen to the area music while I'm waiting for a show for the American Adventure to start. I'm going to walk in, I'm going to enjoy one of my favorite shows in all of Walt Disney World, walk out feeling nice, refreshed, and in the mood for most likely another Sam Adams. I always feel proud when I walk out of that show. It's an excellent show. It's a... Gives uh gives you the nice warm fuzzies. I really love when you're walking up the uh when you're walking up the stairs, all the different flags. Yes, Jeff, where are you? Well, you know, I'm I'm heading over to Fort Wilderness Campgrounds, and if you haven't done it, or if you have done it, you you know what I'm talking about. The minute you step off the boat, it's like time slows down a couple of steps, and so we usually like to get uh, a Trails and Barbecue ADR, but I'm not in a hurry. It's dusk. Um, so we're taking our time strolling up there and just taking in the sights and the sounds. And what we like to do, and I'm sitting down in one of the old rocker chairs in front of Trails and Barbecue, and we're playing a set of checkers and watching the people go by. Um, it's just a beautiful moment. Uh, we like to do it every trip. There is something magical about that whole resort. If you haven't been to it, you all, you all need to go check it out. Trails End, I think, is probably one of the best bargains in the entire world. And it's nice to just watch the world go by having a drink at Crockett's. Crockett's. Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier, dang it. Yeah, and I grew up having everybody sing me the song, considering my first name. Okay, so Crockett's Tavern is one of the best bars on property. Well, I mean, it's named after Davy Crockett, of course. Hey, anybody who could patch <laughs> up the crack in Liberty Bell is okay with me. Absolutely. Chuck, where are you? Much like everyone else, I think, this evening, it's about 8.30 when we're recording this. I'm walking into Epcot. I like Tim. I'm going to hang a right, go counterclockwise, grab myself a cronut, get a nice spot ready for illuminations on the bridge by International Gateway, sit there, watch people walk by, hear the sounds, hear the background music and the pre-show music for illuminations, and just take it easy right there. How much did that cronut with... Uh tax cost you that was last week and thankfully this week i can eat more than 15 dollars worth sorry that was a poverty plan <laughs> flashback <laughs> <laughs> i knew he was gonna go there i just had this feeling i was waiting for it it just was bound to happen ladies and gentlemen chuck good choice on the music that pre-illuminations uh, loop is one of my favorite background musics all around property yeah, there's nothing like it. I mean, you have the uh, the ambient music on Main Street, which is iconic, but that pre-show, the pre-illuminations music, it it's just fantastic. I use it a lot on my training runs when I just need to get into a runner's trance and just kind of just go out there and just be be alone with my thoughts while while working out. It transcends where you are and just and just moves you to another place. Agreed, Dave. It's, it, it definitely moves you to your nice little one particular harbor. I like it. Exactly. And as much of a parrot head as I am, I don't have a good Jimmy Buffett reference now to respond to that. So we're going to get into our main topic. Hope you enjoyed our WBW head trip. Okay, gentlemen. Well, tonight we're discussing our favorite magic moments that we have experienced in Walt Disney World. Either ones that you have personally experienced as a guest, or times when you have witnessed a magical moment that might not have happened to you, could have even happened to a stranger. But just being a party to it, being able to witness it, just made your day better and gave you a really nice Disney memory that every time you think about it, you just can't help but smiling. So with that, 
I'm going to start with our producer extraordinaire, Greg. Well, we're going to head back to the boardwalk for our magical moment. My daughter at the time was nine and was a majorly into stuffed animals. And we were strolling along the boardwalk there. And we came across the Midway Games, and she wanted to give the one game a try. And I, I don't know if they still have this game, but it's where you, you take the mallet and you hit this kind of like seesaw thing to project the lobster into the into the pot. Oh, whack a tip? Yeah, right. <laughs> and, um, you know, she's nine years old, a real tiny kid, and just didn't really have a whole lot of arm strength to send a lobster flying no more than like a foot into into the air and subsequently onto the ground. And I mean, she never got close to the, to the pot of boiling water. So we let her try a few times and, you know, she was upset that she wasn't able to, uh, you know, get a lobster in the pot there. But as we were just kind of standing there watching other people, we noticed these, these gentlemen playing and the one guy was just nailing it every time the lobster was going in and we had a good time watching the guy he was doing really well and so we're like yeah let's let's cut it off there let's cut our losses not waste any more money on it and we started to to walk away and as we were moving on the the one gentleman that was playing kind of yelled out said hey hold on so we stopped and went back over and he was saying you know hey i'm, I'm playing for fun and, you know, whatever I win, your daughter could have. And we're just like, you know, we were just kind of taken aback by that. And, and like, we were like, whoa, did we just hear that right? We were totally surprised. So it was an interesting kind of night from that respect, because, you know, over the years, you kind of hear these stories about, you know, Disney cast members creating these these moments for park guests and whatnot. But I mean, this guy wasn't obviously a cast member. He was he was a, a resort guest and. You know, he made for a pretty incredible magic moment. So after, you know, my daughter picked some prizes there, we graciously thanked the man and his buddy he was with and for their extreme kindness and um, offered to reimburse him. And he politely declined. And we got to talking with him and found out that he was, he and his, his buddy there were from California. And, you know, he had mentioned that he was thrilled that she won some stuffed animals and was happy to put a smile on, on the little girl's face. It was just amazing that uh, a total stranger could be so kind in a place that a lot of magic happens, but you never expect it to happen to you, nor should you expect it. Because sometimes I think people, they expect when they go to, to Walt Disney World or Disneyland, they expect to have something happen every time. And this was one of our earlier trips. So it was, it totally caught us off guard. And, and we were so so amazed by the moment that we just could not stop thinking about it. And it just was a great night to a, a great end to a great day. That is absolutely beautiful. I have seen a lot of times guests make magic for other guests. And the whole idea is take the magic with you wherever you may go, which is ironically part of the castle show that they are canceling. That's one of the major themes, but I'm not bitter. Crickets. Well, for us, it's something that when it comes from another guest, it to me, it's more meaningful than a cast member because it's not like you almost expect it from a cast member, but to come from a total and complete stranger was just, it was, we were in awe over it and it just was an incredible moment and we were so moved by his generosity. Cool. That is outstanding. I think that is really, really cool. Yeah, it was a great night. Perfect. 
Jeff, what about you? Well, before the time, the age-old time before social media, um, it seemed like we had more opportunities to stumble across some you know, magical moments. There was a moment when uh, my daughter, my oldest daughter, was five, and um, uh, Magic Kingdom, back when they actually had a dedicated Toontown, it always uh, has a staggered opening, so it was, you know, we, we didn't know that at the time, so we, we have a, you know, a kid, and we want to go meet the characters and whatnot, and uh, so we show up there, I don't know, it was like 9.30, and we didn't realize they weren't open yet, and they didn't open until 10. So we just hung out there and waited for the uh, staggered opening, and the characters all come out. If you, I don't know if you knew this, but it still happens in Disneyland. It's kind of a special moment. But the characters all kind of come out and and greet everybody, and then walk everybody into the the uh, the area. Well, what I didn't know, and this was back uh, in when Goofy's Barnstormer was uh, was there. Goofy will grab a child by the hand and walk, escort the child in, and that child is the first one to ride uh, Goofy's Barnstormer, and and not only that, right in the front seat with him. And so our daughter that that morning was was chosen. And it was just blew us away. And so you know, she, they, he escorts her up there all the way to Goofy's Barnstormer. He gets in the front seat with her, and then me and uh, me and my wife uh, get in the the you know the seat behind. And we ride. We're the first one on Goofy's Barnstormer, and we're the only ones on the the ride at that time. It's like so. It's a special uh, moment. We get off, we think it's all great and uh, over, and that was a great little moment. And then a manager grabs us and says, no, follow me. And then he escorts us basically uh, through the exit of the queue with Goofy. Goofy's still in hand with my hand in hand with my daughter. And we walk into like a back door to that uh, the character tent. And then we get this special one-on-one moment with Goofy and actually all the characters getting pictures with all of them, kind of like a VIP experience. And that... That that's that that was such an amazing experience um, that that uh, that I really will never forget. Wow! You know they got rid of Toontown, but I just wanted to say that Disneyland Toontown they still have that same similar kind of experience because up until 2013, my youngest daughter uh, got to repeat almost the same kind of experience with Minnie Mouse. Uh, they have a staggered opening, so she escorted her up to Min- Minnie Mouse House and actually gave a one-on-one tour of the house and then a picture so it was kind of kind of the same deal that's great i wonder if they still do that now with the storybook circus open it's not staggered uh it's all opens at the same time as as the park i don't i don't know um i kind of miss that it's a shame because those little things they're taking away like taking away the paintbrushes on tom sawyer island there was a experience where you could wake Tinkerbell up at one of the gift shops mm. in Fantasyland that they no longer uh, offer. Sir Mickey's, yeah. Yeah, yeah Sir Mickey's, yeah. I hope that Disney c- continues to do those things again, especially now that they're going to be expanding different parks. And while I understand right now they're doing their budget cutbacks because Shanghai is a little bit uh, over budget, but as time goes on, It'd be nice to get those little surprises back in the park because that's what really makes the magic there. Absolutely. Now, Jeff, does your daughter remember, or both daughters remember that happening? Yeah, definitely. Dummy me, I wish I'd have been on the ball with the camera uh, with the first uh, time we did with Goofy. I think I got like one, well, I got the, the meet and greet portion. I just wish I would have um, been more on the ball to film or the whole ordeal, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a shame that maybe you didn't get some of the pictures, Jeff, but also I think it's it's neat, though, that you, you were able to just experience it 
with with your family. I mean, it's it would be neat, obviously, True. to have the pictures, but you know what? That's that's something where it was really neat for you to be a, just be able to be immersed in it. You know, that's that's kind of you know just for you, right? That's 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 for you. That's yep. for you, your family, your kids, your wife. That's that's something that's pretty neat, man. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I kind of feel like sometimes we all experience Disney through the eyes of a viewfinder on a camera. Yeah. And yeah, I know yeah, that absolutely. I go a lot and I try to uh, periscope for the Mickey dude so that anybody can experience what I'm experiencing. And I love sharing it, but there's times I find myself a little more concerned with, okay, are the viewers able to see? Am I not, ma- am I not rocking the picture too much so that they're not getting upset? And I'm kind of missing the action that's going by because I'm more concerned with showing it to the world yeah. at that point. <laughs> The thing that I'm really amazed at is whenever you see those characters on those rides, they're actually able to ride those rides. Like I would I would imagine that in the Barnstormer, Goofy would be so tall and with those big shoes and everything that he wears, I would think that he couldn't fit in it. Yeah, I know. I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it either. Excellent. Chuck, what about you? My magical moment, almost, it, it seems to kind of be the trend right now for us, is one that happened a couple of years ago. And when I say couple, at this point, we're probably talking maybe 20 years ago i was down in disney as a as a child with my family and we were in the emporium i was in the other room with you know one of my parents and my sister was looking at i think they were winnie the pooh or tigger stuffed animals plushes she picked one up and all three shelves which were glass just fell and <laughs> broke everywhere oh, yeah Luckily, she was, all right, no one got hurt, but the cast members that were there at the time made something that could have been very, you know, traumatic and very bad into one of the more memorable points of that vacation. As, you know, I'm thinking back on it now, it's probably one of the only things I can remember from that vacation. They ended up giving her pretty much whatever plus she wanted. And, you know, when you're seven, five years old, that is more important than you know, some of the other stuff that we take for granted now that we would appreciate now. So it's those little things that, you know, people say it's the Disney difference where they go above and beyond with the customer service that, you know, we kind of touched on a little bit ago. It seems like it's going by the wayside right now, but that's really what got everyone into the whole community. And that's easily one of the biggest things that, uh, I could remember when it comes from the trips of my childhood. I could just imagine how frightened your sister was when that happened. Oh, God. Um, If any of you have ever watched wrestling, the sound was somewhat like the beginning of the Stone Cold music. uh, Just shattering glass. Wow. Anybody have anything? Yeah, I, I definitely feel uh, I feel poor Chuck because wow, uh, that would <laughs> that's something that would have probably freaked me out and scarred me had not you know that act of kindness actually taken place. Yeah, absolutely. And Tim, what about you? The first magical uh, memory I have uh, was oddly enough my first time ever staying on grounds and my wife and I's engagement trip in two thousand and three. We were actually on the bus from the Animal Kingdom Lodge, uh, coming up to the Magic Kingdom. We had struck up a conversation with a lady who uh, I had relinquished my seat to because she had her small daughter, and she had her Cinderella dress on. We started talking, and we asked her if uh, why she was wearing her Cinderella dress. And her dad, who was standing next to me, said, as she was, as the little girl was explaining, her dad says to me. 
She doesn't know it, but she's having breakfast with the princesses at the, uh, at the castle this morning. And it was her very first trip, so she was explaining how she was going to be able to meet all the princesses, and uh, she was hoping to meet them anyway. She had no idea what she was going to. And as the bus pulled around, just as they come, just as the uh, bus comes through that tunnel uh, from the Seven Seas Lagoon, the little girl just started jumping up and down, yelling, Daddy, I see it, I see it, the castle, the castle. And this child was so excited. It was the... It was early in the morning. Everyone was, you could tell, not not awake yet. This Just this little girl hopping up and down with just so much sheer excitement and just pure, genuine joy. I think somebody was cutting onions on the bus. Definitely not a dry eye in the house. Uh, it was just really, really a neat thing to see because with, sometimes with so much that we have wrapped up in our own lives... With everything going on in the real world, you always go to Disney to kind of escape reality. And that little girl kind of gave everyone the boost that everybody needed on that bus that morning. Just uh, something I will truly never forget. Can I say something? You know, Tim, that, that story is beautiful. And that's the way it should be. I find that sometimes people go and they expect to have these magical moments. And when they don't, they're like, well, we spent... $3,000. We spent $4,000 to go on vacation to Walt Disney World and we didn't have a magical moment. I think people, their expectations, and I find this so sad and upsetting that when they go, that they're automatically guaranteed a magical moment or something special to happen. And I want to blame social media in part because of that, because, you know, people get on there and they share their magical moments and it becomes common that, oh, well, you know, when you go, this will happen or that'll happen and, you know, be ready for it. And, when it doesn't, people get very disappointed, and I find that sad. And Tim, your story is the way it should be. That's a magical moment, and that's how it should be for everybody, and not for people to expect it. I I completely agree, Greg. It's it's one of those things where, I if if I could say if I could say anything to uh, the listening audience out there, which is roughly us and four other people. Uh, <laughs> We're up to five. I uh, you you don't have to. You don't have to have a magical moment personally happen to you to have a magical moment. If you don't, if you don't experience one magical moment down there, you're not opening your eyes. You're not opening your ears. You're not. T- you're not paying attention to what's going on around you because they happen all the time. Right. Right. Just listening to that story, I had this huge smile on my face that my face is actually starting to ache. It's. Uh, it truly was a blast. I. We enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, that's a goosebump moment for sure. And the dad was one heck of a guy because I actually ended up sharing a beer with him uh, down in uh, down at the Uzuma Springs pool bar two days later. Nice. <laughs> well, that's magical right that, there. Yeah, that, there's your magic. <laughs> that was my too. magical moment. Cold highlight. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And you said you had another one? Oh no, please. I mean, uh, if anyone else has one. Well, I was just wondering. I I thought tonight we would hear the story of the time the zookeepers let you out of your enclosure and actually you got out of uh, the Pengadi Forest. Well, oddly enough, uh, my wife actually can attest that uh, that's exactly why we do kind of go back. My wife has often referred to as my handler, <laughs> as uh, as one of my favorite lines. She's actually made a lot of progress. Number one, you know. 
as uh, since we were both Catholic, we went through pre-Cana, and part of her pre-Cana was uh, her wedding preparation was watching Gorillas in the Mist, and she's actually <laughs> done rather well. As a matter of fact, I can now sign for grapes and peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> That's fantastic. Nice. I guess she still doesn't let you uh, sign for the bananas? I am not allowed to shop for bananas. Gotcha. Sam's Club has crates. <laughs> That's the one time I was allowed to shop for bananas. And let me guess, you got brought home an exotic spider that bit everybody. No, no. Luckily, I did not bring home, you know, the hantavirus or anything like that. I hope you guys have Samsonite luggage. Samsonite? Isn't that the gal who lives in Aspen who's looking for Lloyd Christmas? Is that the... <laughs> There's a bunch of, there's a bunch of young folk classic. on this podcast. Yeah, right? Jeff, is that the old commercial with the gorilla throwing around the orange suitcase? Pretty bird. Yeah. Pretty bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I'm just now I'm just thinking of those poor um, custodial people in Disney because I'm thinking of that bathroom scene in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> See, I was imagining the custodial people picking up banana peels behind Tim. Yeah, but he just went Dumb and Dumber, and just that's the thing that I, just pops in your mind. Oddly enough, uh, I, I I usually pack uh, as as Greg and I had the conversation. We're both lovers of uh, Metrics protein bars. Uh, the, I, I pack the Metrix protein bars because I, I, I notice they tend to leave less of a mess. So, so you could survive my death marches too. <laughs> so obviously you're not using the super cookie crunch. Yeah, and that qualifies as a plug. So I think we should get some kickback on that. Absolutely. So you have Metrix bars with you all the time. So you could survive my Epcot death marches. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> and with that. I'm going to finish out the magic moments. And Tim, I'm glad I picked you to go right before me because your story kind of segues into my story, even though you didn't know it. Because my magical moment involves my niece Kathleen when she was four or five. This was a family vacation. We we did a huge family reunion. Never again. Aww. That'll be another show. <laughs> but we decided to all go to Cinderella's royal table and watch my niece have her time with the princesses. And the whole meal was special right from the beginning. When we walked in, seeing her with Cinderella, I got all misty-eyed, and I didn't think anything can top that. But later on, when the princesses started to uh, make their grand entrance, something topped that. Now, if you've never been to Cinderella's royal table, one of the things that happens is the princesses come out in a staggered order. They'll have a seating for dinner, and you'll eat for about maybe um, at least a half hour before the princesses start going in. They'll, they'll give you your uh, appetizer. They'll take your orders for your first course. And as your course is coming out, that's when, they, that's when the fanfare starts and the princesses start coming through. And then they make their rounds to each table in a certain direction. Like every character meal, uh, they have their little set. So that night it happened to be Snow White, Jasmine, Belle, and Aurora. Belle was definitely the highlight of the night because by the time Belle came around, now I was surprised the fact that she was wearing her peasant dress. She wasn't in that big uh, yellow uh, ball gown, and at that time she would meet and she only met in the peasant dress in uh, Epcot also. So this uh, at this particular evening, Princess Belle came and saw my niece and decided to sneak up on her by hiding behind her chair. So my brother and sister-in-law said, Kathleen, look, look behind your chair, look up, look down. And she was playing hide and seek with her before she finally started to talk to her. And then once uh, my niece gave Belle a hug and she started talking to her, Belle said, wait a minute, 
I met you last Saturday in Epcot in France. You were wearing that lovely pink t-shirt with the dinosaur on it. And they started having the conversation. She continued the conversation that they were having in, in Epcot from a few days before, which completely blew me away because Princess Belle is a very busy lady. She probably sees thousands of children in a day. And the fact that she was able to have this connection where she remembered my niece from days beforehand, was able to remember what she was wearing and continue the conversation that she was having with her from the previous uh, meet and greet. It was just not a dry eye in the house. This young lady really knows how to relate to her subjects. And we were so taken by her that we made sure on our way out of the Magic Kingdom that evening, we stopped at City Hall to sing the praises of Princess Belle and talk about her great relating skills. That's phenomenal. Yeah, that that's a fantastic story. That is outstanding. Dave, if I may ask, um, I'm sorry, I, I actually had uh, two of them, and I would really, really like to share the last one, if of possible, course. if you would mind throwing me, uh, just throwing me one more. Not at all, buddy. Go ahead. This was actually a magical memory that was on our... Uh, our second trip, oddly enough, uh, our honeymoon. We stayed at the Grand Floridian, and we decided to take a night off from the parks and enjoy Fantasia mini-golf, which we never had. And we just kind of anticipated it being a quiet night, nothing really exciting happening, just a nice little round of mini-golf, go home, get some, you know, go back to the hotel, get some rest, wake up refreshed for the parks the next day. And as we're playing, there is a, a, young, a young child and a mother in front of us, and they're playing. And a log jam kind of forms, and we just we started talking to uh, the mom and her child, and we actually found out that uh, they were there through the Make a Wish Foundation. the The little girl had uh, was in the midst of going through uh, what was terminal brain cancer. Uh, it was her kind of her her grand wish to be able to enjoy one trip with her mom and her favorite person in the world was Mickey Mouse. And it was their last night there, and she wanted to, or she asked her mother, could we go see Mickey in his greatest appearance ever, which was Fantasia. So we spent uh, 18 holes walking around with this uh, amazing woman and just this bright-eyed and little bushy-tailed kid, this lovely, lovely little little young girl who just was just enjoying the moment, just enjoying every little bit that she could. To be able to be a part of that, to me, was probably one of the most humbling experiences I've ever had in my life. There's very, very few times I feel like I've stood in, uh, in the presence of true bravery. My father, who was... Uh, a Vietnam combat veteran, my grandfather, who flew five missions as a waste gunner on D-Day, and this little girl. I mean, it's uh, it's something that you you realize when you're down there. You sometimes get caught up in the hustle, the bustle, and you start finding yourself complaining when you're on vacation, and. Talk about somebody who puts it right back into perspective for you. We, depending on what your belief system, whatever, we're only guaranteed one trip. 
We're only here we're taking one trip on this rock, and that little girl was making the most of everything she had. And it's something that is etched and burned into my mind. And I'm just, I'm truly humbled and honored to be a part of it. Tim, you had me smiling before. Now you have me all misty-eyed. But you bring I'm, up... I'm sorry. No, that, that just, no, I, no. I, I, not I had at to all. share that. I, I, I had to share that. That is, that is something that I, you know, I, I absolutely love that I was a part of that experience. I hate the fact that, you know, these horrible, ugly diseases exist and that they infect people like that. But I, I was truly honored to be a part. We're honored that you chose to uh, share that story with us. And I'm going to go off topic a bit here because I want to uh, speak about Give Kids the World, which I happen to uh, be a volunteer of. For those of you who don't know, Give Kids the World is in Kissimmee, Florida, uh, maybe about 20 minutes from uh, Disney property. And Give Kids the World works in conjunction with the Make-A-Wish Foundation that whenever a child has a wish to go to Disney World, Give Kids the World is the resort that they end up staying at. They work in conjunction with Make-A-Wish to provide the lodging. And they have a 70-acre resort that is just pure magic. Some of the, some of the kids can't spend the entire day in the parks, so they get free tickets to their Universal... Legoland, SeaWorld, wherever they want to go. And they're usually there during the day. They're fast-tracked to all the attractions and the character meet-and-greets. And they also provide a whole bunch of resort activities down at the village itself. Every child gets a gift in the morning. They have their own mascot that tucks the children in at night. They have parties every night. One day you leave the village and you come back and the entire place on, I think, Tuesday nights is decorated for Halloween and then Thursday nights or something, it's decorated for Christmas. There's a different party every night, and what they try to do is cram in a year's worth of celebrations into a one-week vacation, because they don't know, with some of these children, they don't know if they have a year left. And it is pure magic. At least once a year, and I take a couple trips down there a year, I do try to get to give kids the world for at least a four-hour shift. Usually I'll do uh, eight hours. And I would definitely recommend anybody go down and do this at least once. I know a lot of people with younger children, that's not possible. But if you're an adult traveling on an adult's trip, take a chance, go down there. If you have older children, teenagers or so, that would be a good off day. A lot of people shy away from maybe going because they don't, they don't think that they can physically handle seeing all of these children with their ailments. These children are completely full of life. And one of the most amazing things, too, if you are a parent, and I'm not one, but one of the most magic moments you're going to see in this village is watching these parents, the smiles on their face. Because for a week, they get to forget about watching their child suffer. They can actually watch their, their children be children along with their other siblings and they make these incredible family memories that they wouldn't have without this amazing place. And it just takes a small little bit of the burden off of them for that small moment in time, but a lot of times that makes all the difference for them. So just to watch the kids and to watch the parents, magic is made tenfold in this small little resort that 
is just as much available on the Disney property. So if you have an opportunity, definitely look into going. I will say, though, that as magical as it is, given the implications, it's the one place that I, w- I hope I never have to share with anybody that I love, considering why you're there. Well, uh, I think somebody started cutting onions again. Uh, that is uh, that is a truly, truly amazing place, Dave, and I'm very glad you told us about that. Uh, it's uh, it's That is definitely something that... It's a. It seems like a great place to uh, to spend. You know, to spend a little bit of your time. You know, I mean, uh, but I I always love uh, going with one of the sayings from the old Romans: "All glory is fleeting." And uh, a place like that uh, definitely uh, definitely puts it back into perspective for you. It definitely helps you center yourself and uh, shows you what's really important. There was only one time I had a trouble while I was there. One night they have this huge uh, playground that Hasbro donated and they basically redid the Candyland game board and they turned it into a huge playground and the kids play a lifelike game of Candyland every Sunday night. That's the party for the night. And at different spots, if they get stuck on certain spots, because there's these, if you ever played Candyland as a child or played it with a little child recently, there's these little black spots that you are stuck on until you draw a card for that that color. You can't go. So what they do over there is if you get stuck on a spot, there's these little games that they set up. Some of them are bowling. It's uh, maybe flip the Hershey's Kiss into the cup. And then once you do it, you can move on. You kind of help the kids. And I was running one of these little games. And every time a child came up to me to play... You kind of crouch down, get on their level. They'd play the game. They had these huge smiles on their face. They were just, it was just the greatest thing to them. They were having so much fun. They win, they get some candy as a prize, and they go off. And they have this huge smile on their face. They're laughing. And you have, like I was saying how I had this smile when you were telling me about the girl seeing the uh, castle. I had this huge smile the whole night until the child would leave and I would wait for the next child. And then there was one one kid in particular, I just realized after having this great interaction with him, I realized why he was there in the first place. And I got so choked up, I had to run off stage, kind of compose myself because can't let can't let the children see you getting all emotional over there. So I excused myself, went backstage, did what I had to do, came back out and continued my shift. But it is definitely pure magic. Okay, now moving on, before we let you go for the night, us Mickey dudes had an idea. Building on Greg's idea of guests making magic for other guests, we thought we would leave you tonight with some ideas on how to make magic in the parks for other guests. Taking the Boy Scout model of do a good turn daily, here are some ideas for making magic in the parks for your fellow guests. Chuck, what about you? One of the most sought after souvenirs for kids at least is a balloon now most of us fly down to florida and you cannot bring those on a plane unless you deflate them prior to uh to boarding the plane so one of the easiest things that you can do is you want the balloon you buy it and then at the end of your trip give it to a family who's just arriving help them start their vacation off in a magical way by a complete stranger showing a complete act of kindness that's perfect 
Jeff, what do you got? Well, I'm from the uh, yeah, arcade game uh, era, and um, so every, one of the big features I'd like to do uh, when I hit a Disney Resort is immediately go get a card, an uh, arcade card, and fill it up, um, and just go to town on pinball machines, you know, uh, air hockey, whatnot. Well, invariably, I never finish using the whole card. There's usually 5 or $10 left, so... Our last night, it's kind of a fun tradition. We we pick a uh, unsuspecting kid that looks like he's kind of bored, or maybe he doesn't, and he ran out of his uh, money on his card, and we we uh, kind of gift it to him and or her, and and see uh, them light up before we we head out. So it's kind of a fun little tradition we do. Tim, what do you got? Well, uh, I sometimes like to give my leftover beer to uh, a needy father close to the pool who is on the verge of screaming and crying and really needs a drink because of uh, the kids who will not leave the pool and play five more minutes, Dad. But since I don't really like giving my beer away, I usually go with, uh, similar to uh, Jeff's ideas, I will uh, walk into the arcade and there'll usually be a couple of kids in there playing and you just pop a a couple of bucks in there in the, uh, the dollar change machine. Let the uh, let the arcade coins spit out and just walk away. Nice. You could also do that with the pressed pennies. Oh no, the press uh, the pressed pennies are are amazing. I know a lot of people who actually collect those. Uh, they are almost uh, cult like. They are very very fanatical in making sure that they need to get their pressed pennies. Tim, I know I bust your chops a lot, but can I tell you how amazing you are? Because for the third time tonight, you have given me a perfect segue into what I want to talk about. Because like the press pennies, the other big cult following, aside from value animations, are pins. I personally never got into pin trading because I'm one of these people that once I start a hobby, I go after it with a vengeance, and I knew that pin trading would basically consume me while I was there. So I knew that that was a slippery slope I didn't want to go down. So having never pin traded myself, I can still understand the allure of it when I watch other people do it. So before I go on a trip, I sometimes like to uh, just go on eBay, 5 or $10, just buy a whole bunch of set of uh, starter pins from somebody who's selling them on eBay. They send them to you in a little uh, envelope. I bring them down to the parks with me. I print out a little note, pin it to the backing of the pin, and just kind of leave the pins in the parks for people to find. I've left it by the Mickey Floral. I've left them on Tom, Tom Sawyer Island. I've left them in hotel lobbies. A pin with a little note that says, trade me and do a good deed for somebody in return later on and have a magical day. All of these little things help make magic in the parks. We want to thank you for joining us today. And we remind you, take the magic with you wherever you may go. Have a magical day, everybody. You've just listened to another exciting episode at the Mickey Dudes Podcast. You can find the Mickey Dudes on Facebook at the Mickey Dudes Podcast and on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share the love on Stitcher or iTunes. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you again real soon.